When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Travis Bean. And my name... Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, sorry. Oh. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> my name is Chris Lambert. <laughs> I was about to say, Chris isn't here, but here he is. Wow. It's he true. I'm here. Like Jordan. You know, uh, I'm still on my honeymoon, but I managed to set up a makeshift you know, podcast studio, so I'm broadcasting from Italy right now. <laughs> Is this an episode of Great Bits? <laughs> I think it is. All right. I, I, no more you talking you two to me references. That's the last one, Jordan. Uh, well, from you. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I got one. You get one later. Perfect. Um, so, yeah. Jordan C. Johnson is here. Everybody's favorite Washington Throne guest. Oh, God. Uh, has been on how many episodes is this now? Is this, is this number 100 for you? I think it's 102. Okay. 102. Yeah. So number 100 must have been uh, Violent Crimes, I think. Uh, no, I think it was um, the liftoff episode. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. We have the uh, Kanye West Song Tournament Deathmatch Extreme 4000 coming up. Are you excited? Well, you know, it's fine. I can take it or leave it. I think it's lift yourselves here, personally. Uh, oh, yeah. I, th- I think so, too. I think, <laughs> I think I can get Chris on board with voting for lift yourself. It, I this is my prediction right now. A song that starts with the word "lift" is gonna win. Hmm. Now, just to clarify, are we are we talking the Twitter tournament or our personal tournament? The personal one. The Twitter one is. Uh, well, the fully, Twitter one is already decided as liftoff. Well, yeah, of course. The, the public I mean, poll, it's gonna win. Oh yeah, I mean we stack that deck so hard. I mean, hanging chads <laughs> everywhere. And the first round, it faces Yay versus the people. Second round, it faces Breathe In, Breathe Out. <laughs> Third round, it faces Drunken Hot Girls. <laughs> and somehow in the finals, uh, the opponent just doesn't show up. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I sent you that ballot, so I know. <laughs> We're, it, this is the, the quickest the show has ever gotten off track. Like, from <laughs> the word go, we weren't ever going in the right direction. I, I don't see how this is off track at all. This is what I came to talk about. <laughs> Well, while I have you here, by the way, I wanted to ask you about Jesus is King. Is that okay? Uh, what's that? <laughs> Jordan, not today. Okay. <laughs> um, so, as everyone knows, we've had a series of episodes where people come on and give us their first reactions. We've had me, Cole Kushner, Martin Connor, Anazek, and now we got Jordan. And I'm excited about this one because, I mean, Jordan, Chris, and I text about Kanye all day, every day. 
for all days. Um, Pretty much. And yeah. And we've, of course, we've been texting a lot about Jesus is King. So like, I do know generally how Jordan feels, but as somebody who doesn't really like to text that much, like I never, I, I'm not used to like elaborating in text form because like, I don't want to type out and have long conversations. So this is, this is where, you know, this is exciting for me. I want to dig in here and really get into how Jordan feels about Jesus is King and, just, you know, his, his emo- emotional reaction to the album. Just for the record, I just want listeners to know that <laughs> you initially, like when this album dropped, said we should not t- text about it and not talk about it until this episode, which I just Whoa. want I just want everybody to understand is completely insane and would never happen. <laughs> it wouldn't. Well, I didn't think it would take this long to record. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think I, I need that minute to minute, you know, back yeah, and forth. Yeah. On the that, first, that's, first day that, of a Kanye album. That's the beauty of being a Kanye fan. Like it, it, like that's part of the fun. I feel like is like all the chaos going on on Twitter and like the <laughs> rapid fire. Like, like we're dissecting songs like minute one. Like we're in. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So everybody knows Jordan. He's he's on Twitter. He's all over our page. He's been in the show a bunch. But um, oh it, and they've heard your story. You were our very first story. Story. Did you know that? I, I don't remember this. <laughs> we drugged you. Oh, that makes sense. You usually do. <laughs> you were slurring your words, but like for the most part, you were really getting your thoughts out about Kanye, and it was very emotional. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, people can go back to listen to that. It's from 2015. But, I mean, since then, you've been on the show, and we, we know how you feel about Kanye, but I, I really want to dig into the last like year and a half or so, like from the release of Yay, or really just like all of 2018 leading up mm. to Yay, and then going into now. Like, it, it, I know that's a lot of ground to cover, but generally, I want to get how you're feeling about Kanye heading into Jesus is King. So, okay. uh, I, I know this is broad, so so let's just start with Yay. Like heading into Yay, how are you feeling about Kanye, and what was that initial listen for you like? I mean, great. What's <laughs> so okay? But the A period, mean, no. Uh, that's got to be for me. It was complicated yes. because of all the Trump stuff and all that. Yeah. So that was. Uh, I mean, it's just the life of a Kanye fan. You know, he's gonna do stuff that's gonna be uh, tricky to understand for a lot of people, especially at first. Some people it'll stay that way, and you know, other people you'll start to kind of get the point. I I, I think. All this, the Trump stuff. I mean, I guess this is kind of more going into the the Jesus is King reaction, which I guess we'll get to. So I won't talk about mm-hmm. too much. But I, I I think it set him up to be read in bad faith more than ever in his career. And I mean, he's always been read in bad faith by most people anyway. So that's kind of where we are now. I think the A thing was, you know, <laughs> just another tribulation. <laughs> <laughs> That said, yeah. though, I mean, 2018 was amazing for Kanye, producing like five albums back to back and actually delivering it with a few delays, but he got them out there. Just a couple. Just a few. I mean, the first, what, like three were like right on time. Yeah, Pushes was definitely on time. Yay was like somebody was running up with an MP, like a USB. Yeah, it was close. Like, like, it, it was still out like a week later. And yeah. then K- like KSG was like right after that. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it? <laughs> I'm forgetting now. KSG, I think, did come out on time too. Yeah, 
Although then, it came out like at midnight of the day it was supposed to come out. And then I think Nazir is the one where it started, it got a little delayed. And then yeah. Keep That Same Energy was like real delayed. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was unfortunate. I mean, the, um, I mean, that's a crazy schedule though. Like to even yeah. attempt that is nuts. <laughs> a self-assigned schedule. <laughs> and I'm sure we all we all agree that Jesus is born is 100% happening on Christmas. No delays there. <laughs> well, this time, you know what though? He's doing it with with the gospel choir. Like it uh-huh. almost feels like a companion album. So like, sure. If he doesn't get it out on time, he's letting them down. So oh, maybe yeah. he will. I, I have 100% confidence it will happen on time. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you're getting into kind of something I've discussed with everybody so far and how the how complicated it is to be a Kanye fan is also part of why you're a Kanye fan. Yeah. Because he's somebody who really challenges you and whether or not that's always a good thing, whether or not your reaction is positive or negative, like... That's more than a lot of artists give you. Like a, a lot of artists don't really challenge you in that way. I think Kanye. I've I've said this before, but I think you know he's all about duality. He's all about setting up an idea and then tearing it down. He's he's all about challenging you at really every possible turn. And so obviously, when things first happen, they can be challenging (laughs) because he's setting things up and then taking them down and not doing what you expect and subverting things and that's just that's how he has always operated and that's why he's interesting yeah i mean ultimately that's something i've come to realize about my love for kanye is and this is where i feel very separate from a lot of people in the culture the music listening culture is that i have no desire to agree with the artist i like sure i only want them to produce art in the way they like i only want to understand them through their art like i want somebody who put pours themselves into something yeah and and at the same time aims to do good like i i I understand why kanye loves trump because trump speaks his mind but then again i there's a second layer to that for me like yeah but okay he speaks his mind but like is he out to do good? No, then like, okay, the, the, the next layer doesn't matter. Like, I don't connect with any of this. And that, that's what I keep coming back to with Kanye is like, I don't always agree, but I know it comes ultimately from a place of love. And like, that's what I connect with. Yeah. And I mean, it, it also just depends on, you know, you can be a Kanye fan. Like, you can be a fan of his art and you don't have to be a fan of him as a person. I mean, that's totally fine you know the artist isn't the art i think kanye it's a little trickier for me because not trickier but i think in general his persona is and who he is is more directly tied into his art than with a lot of other artists Mm -hmm, i mean true so I, i think understanding his art is kind of reliant upon at least to some degree understanding him or being familiar with who he is in his life i think that's crucial to his albums um but you know, if you, you 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 can like the music and not connect with anything he's saying, that's totally cool. Yeah, and the other thing with me, God, I feel like it's just an interview about me now. Um, <laughs> I was talking to Anna, and you know, for her, it she was so hurt by all of the MAGA stuff and Kanye's rhetoric, and because like it felt like genuinely like a breakup to her. Like she suddenly didn't connect to somebody anymore, and it affected the way you heard the art. And I mean, that's the other part of it. I was just gonna say that's the other part of it for me is that it's not even just that like what I'm connecting with or what I do disagree or don't disagree with, but like 
generally the public is like not on the same side as Kanye anymore. And like all of that, like inevitably warps the way you hear an album. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the Trump stuff to me, I mean, it makes, it makes perfect sense in so many ways, because if Mm -hmm. there's, if there's something that, you know, Kanye feels is being told that he's not allowed to do, or, you know, is improper for, quote unquote, you know, someone like him to do, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's just going to feel a natural urge to want to, you know, say fuck you and do it just almost as a matter of principle. I mean, that's what he's been saying all along. You know, it's, he put the MAGA hat to him isn't a political statement so much as a statement of saying, you you know, you can't control me. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm free. That's the essence of it. And I think because, you know, understandably, it's so loaded up as a political symbol that that's hard for a lot of people to accept and be cool with. And that's, that's totally cool. Um, but I get it. You know what I mean? I, I totally (laughs) understand it. That said, also, I kind of feel like if we are looking at, um, Trump and having political effect, I mean, he seems like one of the only people who understands how to dialogue with Trump in a way to get productive things done. Like, yeah. every uh, everyone else, you know, on the left is just seems to be like, fuck you, and makes a big show out of saying, you know, we yeah. ha- this guy is garbage and we hate him. And that I get that, but I also kind of feel like, well, aren't you just kind of preaching to your base and not actually accomplishing anything? Because Kanye mm-hmm. and Kim are passing prison reform. <laughs> yeah i and that's the other thing i keep coming back to is like with kanye there's always short term and long term short term sucks like you don't like to see any of that shit Mm -hmm. but in the long term like what does ranting and raving about trump really do i I do think there is value in that in giving people hope and that's that's largely the reaction to kanye is like we don't get hope from you right now but maybe in 20 years like they'll see it and there will be hope to derive from what Kanye did. And maybe it will actually end up affecting the way people interact with each other. Yeah. Who knows? We'll probably still have the podcast when it's happening. So we'll, we'll update everyone then. Um, but okay. So you have all that going on. You go in the, okay. You think yay is great. Anything else? Oh, yeah. there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think so. The first one that dropped was Daytona and, uh, Daytona, I didn't love at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was never, that. yeah. So, for context, I was never really a fan of Clips or Pusha T. I mean, it never really connected with me. And when that that album first came out, I I kind of felt the same. I think there's a a certain sort of like thin. I I don't, I don't really know how to describe it other than saying there's like sort of a thin style to mm-hmm. the beats that Pusha and Clips sure. like to use. It's not lush. It's very kind of spare threadbare um and that was difficult for me to get into for a long time but so i i, I didn't love daytona at first and then yay dropped and i so i mean to be honest from the opening moment of yay with that like <laughs> bed of synths kind yeah. of that like not like not synths i guess like the auto-tune mm-hmm. whatever that is i was like yeah I love this all in <laughs> within five seconds. I knew I was going to love this album. And after falling in love with that album, I went back to Daytona and then fell in love with that after a few more listens. And now I think they're both masterpieces. Um, so yeah, they're both fucking fantastic. Uh, 
And then going into Kids See Ghosts, Kids See Ghosts is like a, uh, I mean, I don't know how much background you want from me on this, but yeah, I can keep I'm going. Just, I'm, li- I'm going to put my feet up and just let you go. Cool. Okay. Yeah, Kids See Ghosts was a weird one um, because uh, it came out on the day that Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, so that was like a real weird kind of uh, listening day for me. I don't know. that, that there were. I, I remember I, this. Yeah, I felt a lot of like weird emotions I wasn't expecting from that whole thing. Uh, I I don't know. It's I mean it sounds I don't know. I don't know if it sounds dumb to like be like you know affected by uh, something like that, but I don't know. I was. It got well, to me. It just did um, for I, a I, lot of reasons, which are probably too complicated to go into here. Sure. Um, sure. But I but I was actually kind of there with you. I remember this is why it's ridiculous for me to say like we can't text about the album because <laughs> I worked through so much that first day Kitsy Ghost Drop. Like the morning of you and I were like, oh God, like Kanye's on suicide watch. Like I'm so worried about him. So by the end of the day, I was like, oh, it's a masterpiece and it's about overcoming your struggles yeah. and like giving yourself over well, to God. But like, yeah. That's why Kitsy Ghost was like, I think hit so hard mixed with that event because Kitsy Ghost so directly deals with, you know, suicide, mental health, finding hope, overcoming, staying alive, just keeping going forward, you know? I mean, that's the whole theme of that album. So mm-hmm. to have that on the same day of the the suicide thing just was like a real weird convergence of uh, sensations for me. Yeah. And I don't know. So that, that album came out, you know, I was at work and I was listening to it a lot and I was just like feeling <laughs> re- real weird. And I just like wound up on my lunch break. I just went out to my car and I just started like fucking sobbing. I just broke down. Wow. I, it was... Yeah, it was crazy. I don't know what that was. It just kind of happened, and I couldn't stop it for like the whole time. And it just yeah. went on for like 10, 15 minutes before I could Fuck. fucking get myself together. And yeah, so that album kind of occupies a special place for me Fuck. because of that whole thing. It still does. So it's yeah. still like not hard to listen to, but it's, you know, it's a very emotional album to listen to still. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And then, yeah. and then you get Nazir, which I'm kind of surprised. Everybody seems to fucking hate that album. And yeah. I don't know if it's just like the weird, like some of the weird, like, anti-vax lyrics or what people don't like so much about it but i mean i think that album has some of kanye's best production it sounds amazing oh my god the beats are nuts like i mean i say what you will about Nas's lyrics or whatever but christ almighty those beats are crazy (laughs) yeah i I would say it's probably actually my least favorite of the five which i think just Hmm. speaks to how good all five of them are yeah, my least favorite is Keep That Same Energy, which I think is yeah. good, but it's not an album I return to much. I think it's just because R&B has never been something I'm super into, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Again, I can acknowledge Kanye's production is great, and for yeah. what it is, it's good, but it's just not something I connect with super personally. Yeah, for me, it's all the production. Like I've talked to a couple producers now, or aspiring producers, and like most of them have said, like, oh my god, that one, like that sounds incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think all five do. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, 
Jordan's all in on Kanye. <laughs> in June and I mean, also, just I mean, one the other big thing with those albums too <clears> is like so, there was so much like connective thematic tissue between all five of them, which is crazy. I mean, that's a pretty impressive artistic feat to orchestrate. Yeah, yeah we had to stop ourselves from like doing a Daytona series on this show. I mean, maybe it'll happen someday. But, oh, like, I think we you just, should. Like, yeah, we probably should. Um, it sounds so, like there's some, some just kind of like some other albums you also haven't covered. <laughs> Jordan, not now. Um, <laughs> so, and, and again, I know this is like this is super broad, and it's probably too big of a question. But like, if you can even like contain it to the last year and like four months, you know, between the release of Ye and just Kanye's general journey, you know, being on Twitter, off Twitter, um, his whole rhetoric about like. Uh, approaching the other side and having conversations and then going off Twitter and just like in general, um, do you keep up to date with Kanye? Is it somebody you follow closely? Is it, has it affected you at all? Like what generally, like how have you been going into Jesus King regarding Kanye? Uh, I mean, yeah, I keep up with him for sure. I mean, he's my, he's my favorite artist of all time. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) It's just, yeah, I, I, I will say, like, it's the one thing I don't keep up with so much that a lot of other people seem to is, like, leaks and stuff. I'm not, yeah, no. I, I don't care. Like, for me, like, it's, it's, I guess it's cool to hear some of that outtake stuff sometimes, but, like, Kanye's art is so specific, like, as an arc, all the, like, I think it's, it's so important, like, the context that he chooses to release them into mm-hmm. so for me like hearing that the, the scraps and stuff is like yeah that like i can get pick up little things and it's cool but you know it doesn't really it, it's not speaking on like the, the kind of amazing uh level of depth that the stuff he's intentionally releasing right. is so yeah, yeah that i don't keep up with so much i purposely didn't listen to any of the leaks from yandi and all that stuff um which maybe i should maybe they're good i don't know but uh <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah. kind of avoid that stuff as much as I can. That's funny. Because I, I kind of am always hesitant to, to admit that because as somebody who like hosts a Kanye podcast, like I'm supposed to be the ultimate stan and I should listen to all <laughs> that shit. But I'm kind of in the same boat. Like if I'm going to hear a Kanye song, like I want to hear a Kanye song, <laughs> and I right. want to hear I mean, it in the context of a Kanye album. Right. I mean, if we're because I mean, so much of this show, like the whole, I mean, idea of this fucking podcast in general <laughs> is kind of putting all the the music into the context of the larger narrative it all exists within and i mean if you're just hearing stuff that was not ever really intended to be released i mean it's not really going to fit into that narrative so what is it gonna it's not gonna mean the same thing i don't think yeah so that's been my experience with the ones i've heard anyway yeah i agree um so okay smash cut to the last weekend (laughs) okay (laughs) um it's friday we're waiting for jesus king we don't know if it's ever going to come it comes you sit down to listen to it like what's that initial listen like well so the initial listen i i I first had to decide if i wanted to like (laughs) download it at work at all or wait till i get home from work because it's just like a pain doing it at work because i don't use spotify or any of that stuff that everybody else on earth uses because i'm (laughs) a dinosaur um but i you know i signed up for an apple music trial just 
for this, which <laughs> I must admit I completely regret because it totally fucked with all the music on my phone and it's bullshit. Oh, but no. Whatever. Yeah, it's terrible. I hate it. But anyway, <laughs> tangent. Uh, yeah, so I did listen to it. Uh, the first two tracks, for whatever reason, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, not sure yet. I mean, it's Kanye. I know I'm going to love it. I, I j- only just, just based on historical evidence. I always do. Yeah. Um, so I just, I was expecting to love it. Um, and yeah, so the first two tracks were what they were. And then I think by the time uh, Follow God hit, I was like, okay. And then it kept going. And <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much in love by the end of my first listen. And then when I went back to the second listen, those first two tracks, I loved those then at that point too. And now, uh, yeah, I think it's abso- an, a masterpiece again, as always. <laughs> yeah what I'm about you travis inter- what's that what about you um so Anna and i had an inter- interesting discussion about this because um she 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 was basically like, do you think like your general reaction to a person like outside of the music ends up influencing the way you think about their music and i'm like well yeah like i feel like that's all art like that's kind of the beauty of art is either you either connect or don't connect with the artist or you realize something new about the artist or I I don't know. That's part of the challenge and fun of art. And we kind of came to the conclusion that like the reason she was feeling the way she felt about the album, like maybe she doesn't relate to the sounds. It isn't like, does does she not like it? She, she liked it, but it's the first time ever that she just, felt very lukewarm about a Kanye album on the first day. Hmm. Like usually like from the get go, like bam, I'm in, you know? Um, But she just like, it just wasn't hitting her. And she was at this weird stage of like, I don't even know if I'll be listening to this in a week when usually listening to a Kanye album, like when an album comes out, like the next six months of your life or just that album, you know? Um, And on the reverse side, like, okay. So my very first listen I kind of had an odd reaction to it. Like Jordan was hesitant to come on here and say he didn't like two of the songs. I I think in general, Jesus is keen. Like I felt very weird about it and I wasn't sure. I I didn't feel like it was hitting me. Like every other Connie album had done like the life of Pablo. Yay. Like they were, I instantly connected with them so hard and Jesus is keen. Like there was just something missing in that first listen. And I basically chalked it up to like, I kind of had my art scholar hat on. (laughs) <laughs> well, I the, I was, like going back, I mean, now that I'm now listening to Sila, I'm like, how the fuck did I not love this immediately? <laughs> like, I, I, I get why I didn't love every hour immediately because you know it's not Kanye is not even you know it's sort of yeah, like an intro. For sure. I mean, I, I love it now. I think like the kind of jazzy piano is amazing. Like the piano is crazy on that song. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sila is like fucking unbelievably great. I don't, I don't know yeah. what I was thinking the first time. Well, you know, sometimes we're stupid. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> we all are, not just you, <laughs> including me on the first listen. Like, I had this, you know, as somebody who hosts a Kanye podcast and, like, had written about Kanye leading up to Jesus is King, I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get Jesus is King. Like, I'm going to go in and just, like, understand each song and get the narrative. But I think that's such a disservice to Kanye because he's always one step ahead of you. And there's always more nuance to like everything there's always stuff that I sect and I wasn't ready for just like a listen where I let the album envelop me 
Sure. Uh, so that first listen is kind of tainted by that. And then I, I think I well, slowly gave myself over to it throughout the day. And then I was like, okay, yeah, here we go. Like, this is part of me now. That's funny. Because I, 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 I think that might kind of explain why I, I did love it the first time. And maybe you didn't. Because I feel like my my initial listening to any music is the complete opposite. Where I'm, you know, I'm just letting the soundscape hit me. That's yeah. all I'm there for. And I mean, sonically, I think Jesus is King is unbelievable. I think Closed on Sunday is one of the most amazing <laughs> compositions he's ever recorded. That opening with the guitar and the chanting is... Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite moments in his entire discography. It's like it might sound like you know dumb to ascribe a to ascribe a visual to it, but I, I don't know. It's almost like I hear that opening and I just like picture people like kind of uh, you know creeping through a dark forest or something. I, I don't know. It's it's that song well, is crazy. That's I mean that's powerful art right there when they can stir up those kind of images in you. It's a very evocative album. I'll also say, um, <laughs> I've you know I'm an atheist, but I yeah. have had a long I have a long history of uh, responding very strongly to Christian art of a lot of different kinds, mm-hmm. um, particularly like uh, you know Baroque painting and sculpture and architecture and um, different movies. I think like n- not. I don't know. I guess I won't get too into that whole thing, but you know, I, there's a long, a long history of that for me, and this album continues that for sure. Like I'm an atheist with, a, I feel like I'm an atheist with like a deeply Catholic aesthetic or something deep down inside <laughs> me that I just can't. One of can't, a kind. Can't. Sure. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. I, I definitely want to get into that. Um, I, I want to finish up really quick though, just like that initial listen for me is that. Yeah. I. Um, I think so much of why, what was shaping that first listening experience for me, and I'm with you, like I'm usually the opposite with the first listen too. like, I'm not somebody who reads lyrics on a page or anything. I've, I've ended up doing it with Jesus is King, um, but I almost, I almost never go back and read lyrics. Like I like just kind of experiencing it. And if I can't understand the lyrics, like that's not always that important to me. Um, But I think just a big part of it was like, I am also atheist and uh, I have a weird background with Christianity and my mm-hmm. relationship with religion and all that. And yes, um, I, I guess like I kind of had this fear going in that like, I'm not going to connect with Jesus is King because really? every lyrics about God. <laughs> um, but I mean, it is, but it's also about Kanye. I well, mean, as of always, course. I'm stupid. I, we're all getting to the part. Trust me, I'm getting to the part where I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but like, I, I had that, that fear. And I think that was just like a big part of it for me was as I'm going through it, I'm like, not just getting to the part where like, I remember why I'm inspired by Kanye, you know, uh, like why, like his, how he relates everything to himself and how it's an exploration of himself. Like it's never obvious. Like it's always something deeper and more profound and, and internal. And I wasn't allowing that to warp that first listen for me. So when I finally, you know, gave myself over and kind of experience the emotion and like, I think the anger is what got to me the most actually, because I relate to that feeling, the, the anger with how the world mm-hmm. sees you through religion, like your attachment to religion, religious people, how they see you, like all that is there. And it's so heavy. And again, like so angry in so many ways that like 
that was what really got me. And that's when I kind of had a turning point with it and was able to remember why I love Kanye because I suddenly saw those frustrations that like I could kind of relate to that you're supposed to be a certain kind of Christian and, and it goes beyond Christianity. Like you're supposed to be a certain kind of person. And I don't know that that all slowly like made sense to me by like, I don't know, the fifth listen or something. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I mean, the more I listen to it, the more and more I think the more I come away with, you know, the main emotion I'm hearing on this album is anger, which I think is, you know, probably sounds like a, a weird thing to say to a lot of people, but mm. That is what I feel primarily from this album is frustration and irritation with the way, you know, the whole, the whole system and the whole, all the resistance he's encountered from at this point, everybody, I mean, he's alienated everyone <laughs> at this point. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you can feel that you can feel his frustration with that in, in the album. Yeah. I, I, and I was definitely going to ask about, cause you, you were probably the most like, overt atheist i know like not that not okay. that i'm saying like oh, jordan believes less in god than anybody i just i've heard you talk about being an atheist like i think more than any of my other friends um i mean i've i, I think maybe when i was younger i've calmed down sure. <laughs> <laughs> i remember I actually do remember the early days when i knew you on facebook you sharing like the some sort of like atheist page post or something. I don't remember what it was. I was very committed to atheism <laughs> in my younger days. I'm not anymore. It's just like a thing now. It's just background. It's just the truth. It's just the reality. <laughs> yeah, for me it is. I mean, but that doesn't mean I'm anti. I think I used to be anti religion right. and I am not anymore. Yeah. And that's something I kind of realized about myself. Again, like when I, I've gone on a big, weird emotional journey with this album. That I don't want to talk too much about because we're here for Jordan, but I will talk a little bit more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that I uh, I realized at some point, and I've always had these thoughts, but they really coalesced uh, this weekend as I was listening to it. And that I, I think a big part of me and like my uh, mutual breakup with God, if I'll put it that way, because I used to be like not crazy religious, but you know, I I felt like I felt God. You know, you, that feeling you get um, and. I uh, I realized at some point that that feeling I got from religion, like I suddenly started to find it in other things. Like I got it from a really transcendent movie I watched or uh, just a great friendship, like something, there were other things in my life that could suddenly substitute something that deep down I never actually really believed in. Like I don't believe there's a dude up in the sky. So it religion well, just stopped being a thing for me. And I found that, you know, I, uh, other things became cathartic me in that way. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I will say for me, I never had that relation. I never felt that kind of like cathartic mm -hmm. thing. So like kind of a brief history for me was uh, my mom is intensely, deeply Christian. I mm. mean, it's everything for her. And I grew up with that. Um, I grew up, you know, I went to church a lot and then she's so, uh, uh, defiantly Christian that she began to believe the church was uh, wrong and left and no longer went to church, which was great for me because I absolutely hated going to church. Um, but yeah, so I grew up with that. To me, uh, you know, God and Christianity was honestly the thing I most associated with, with, with that was a sort of terror. Um, I remember as a kid, uh, be breaking down, crying, and being 
absolutely horrified at the concept of eternal life and going to heaven and living forever. Um, I still mm. think that is a absolutely uh, like the scariest concept I could possibly imagine. And it, yeah, I just remember crying to my mom and be like, "How? Like, how can this? How can that be? How can that be? What happens to us? It sounds, you know, terrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't want that." And yeah, so I still vividly remember being horrified by that concept. Um, wow. And then yeah, I I so I don't I honestly I don't think I ever really believed. I think it was just like a fear put into me by my parents. Um, and then as I got older, I stopped being afraid of it and just kind of realizing, well, it's not real. It's just like you right. like to me, it just felt like a very obvious like logical fallacy. Like just looking at it. Uh, you know, I was like, this is silly. Um, so I just didn't believe anymore. I became very uh, anti-theist after that um, because of all the negative experiences I had had with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, you know, even dumb stuff like my parents are super religious. And, you know, as a teenager, I was obsessed with music and movies. I mean, that was everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, my mom would take things away that she thought were, you know, bad or satanic or whatever, and wouldn't let me watch things and wouldn't let me listen to things. And that was an extremely negative, you know, experience for me. Mm-hmm. So I just pushed back against that and just had no interest in any of that stuff. And I started to think, you know, religion itself was, you know, a root of a lot of evil in the world and stuff I disagreed with. So I pushed back against it. And then when I was probably about, and I was sometime in my early twenties, uh, weirdly, I watched the movie, uh, the color of pomegranates Mm. and watching that movie completely rewired my brain. Um, and I, I stopped immediately stopped being an anti-theist. Um, I mean, I'll always be an atheist. Like you said, I don't actually believe in a a supernatural deity. That's just always how it's going to be. But after watching that movie, I suddenly understood a lot. (laughs) I felt like about religion and what it is and what it means to people and why we are drawn to it. I started looking at things differently and I started becoming obsessed with broke art and, you know, uh, architecture and it all just started making sense to me in a way it never did before and i'm still Mm. super sympathetic to that um i mean i'm ever since that movie i just i respond to a lot of christian art i think like i think something i don't think i would have thought before but now i think you know like i think the passion of the christ is an incredibly moving uh, (laughs) movie um i mean it's just it it's just how it is and i think this album continues that i can relate to you mm-hmm. know the themes and what it's expressing and what it's reaching for and the meaning that it's grasping without actually you know being a christian myself yeah that's uh can you really quick i have actually i mean i know it's a, a semi-famous movie and but i actually haven't seen it and i'm sure a lot of people haven't seen the color of pomegranates like what happens in that movie that rewired oh, rewired your brain <laughs> okay so the color of pomegranates is a movie by um sergey parajanov it's a uh, it's a movie. It's like hard to even describe where it originated from. It's like the con- like the country of Georgia, and I think it also has like Armenian funding. It's like a European movie, essentially. Um, as far as what it's about and what happens in it, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, Par for the I've course heard, of Jordan in movies. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really care. I've heard it that it's basically a very very loose sort of biography of a a poet um 
But the movie is essentially non-narrative. It's basically just images and music. Um, it's a succession of surreal and incredibly hmm. evocative, imaginative visuals. Um, I guess I think you could maybe call it call them Baroque visuals, but it's uh, it's an experience I've never had with any other movie. Where I mean, it's just watching those images with those sounds, the way that they are edited. It just, I mean, I it I really felt like it rewired my brain, like like almost literally. I just felt the circuitry change. And after that movie ended, and I you know went outside and looked at the world and saw you know church steeples reaching up mm. into the sky, and it just they immediately meant something different to me. And it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It's not an experience. It's a very subjective experience. I mean. I, I don't expect anybody else to watch that movie and come away feeling the same thing as I did, of course, but uh, it something about that movie just did it. I To be honest, yeah. um, I consider that movie like my third favorite movie ever, and I've never watched it a second time. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm almost afraid to, like just because it, it was so profoundly life-changing for yeah. me that first time. It's like, what, am, what more am I going to get from this again? Like... I don't. I mean, I do want. I I I own the Blu-ray. I I well, I'm sure I'll watch it again someday. But I mean, it was just such a singular experience. So yeah, that movie is really really something else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I'm so many thoughts are running through my head right now. Just like because what you're describing about like what religion and like what faith can do to people like when it comes out in artistic form when someone really commits and really believes like it can be spectacular it can be so blown up and divine and heavenly and like the way you're even describing like church steeples and uh this movie and then you know jesus is king like it can take a music to a different place i'm kind of thinking like ultra light beam the fact that we can go from jesus to something like ultra light beam like that can only come from a person who's in that state. Um, coming to the point where you appreciate something like that, I'm realizing we had two very different journeys because you were never really religious. It was something that uh, was made, forced on me. <laughs> yeah. But it, the color of pomegranate, it's like really, it, you know, it just like you said, it rewires your brain and like things look different after that. And for me, it, it was very different. You know, I grew up religious, went away from it, and then over time realized what people get out of it and what and what I thought I was getting out of it, you know? Like, it's it's so strange that, like, we both had very different journeys heading into Jesus is King to where Jesus is King was revelatory, revelatory for me in that way where it made me realize that for Kanye, God is this sort of, vessel it it makes god like almost the ultimate metaphor like god is the vessel through which you could do greater things but god doesn't have to be a dude in the sky god can just be whatever inspires you to do better and be a good person and spread the word Um, we're dangerously close to uh you talking you two reference here (laughs) oh god wait which which one is it you know i i I don't think he's he's a guy in the sky with a white beard (laughs) it's one of the great bits Um, it it is a great bit (laughs) Uh, God, no, no, I'm just, I, I really want to jump into you <laughs> talking to me bits, but I need to not. I totally broke that train of thought. <laughs> no, I was like, I was at a crossroads. I was like, do I continue with the bit or like, do I get back into <laughs> right. it? Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that's, 
I just think that's interesting that, you know, I realized all of that by listening to Jesus is King and, and hmm. you, I'm just wondering like, what, what about your background with religion? Like it, how is that shaping how you understand Jesus is King as, you know, after the first listen, as you've listened to it, like God knows how many times, like what's it been like? Um, well, I guess I'm relating to it in the same way I do with any other, you know, kind of uh, Christian art that I love. Um, I mean, for me, like if I go and when I, you know, read the Bible, I, I think the reading the Bible itself and getting away from what people, you know, Christians are saying about the Bible and how they interpret it, I think is very instructive and illuminating. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, when I read the Bible, what I'm getting from that is, it, like, immediately when I'm reading, like, the book of Genesis, I'm like, I'm like oh, this is so not what people are saying it is. Like, <laughs> I, to me, I look at it as, like, uh, you know, imagine a, a movie comes out. And you have a, a certain read on the movie that you think is correct and it means something to you. But then everyone else in the world reads it differently. And they begin preaching this is their life. Yeah. And they begin like preaching their interpretation of it as, you know, the gospel truth. And now imagine thousands and thousands of years pass and mm-hmm. that that misinterpretation has become like the <laughs> like the guiding principle of a huge number of people on earth and i feel like that's kind of where i was where it's like you are so indoctrinated into that interpretation like a literal interpretation of you know a, a supernatural deity <laughs> and all these rules and it's like you read then you go back and read genesis it's like dude these are these are to me they seem very clearly to be parables and it's it's very clearly a work of art um and i have my interpret and i feel like when i read it my interpretation is god is essentially humanity god is the best you know it's the apotheosis of mankind essentially and i feel like ironically reading into it a literal supernatural deity removes all the meaning i find in it like right. it completely ruins the entire point of all of those parables for me so you know that's kind of how i feel about christianity now is like when i i i kind of use the term god as a shorthand now for everything i find meaningful you know mm. art um when i when i you know watch Suspiria to me I'm I feel like I'm looking at the face of God when I watch that movie you know when I listen to Kanye I feel God it's and it's not a literal thing it's it's meaning when I look at right. mountains I feel God you know what I mean and I feel God in again not a deity but I feel meaning I feel movement inside of me you know yeah so that's, that's, that's how why, I feel about th- that's why you connect to Jesus as king like just because Kanye is talking about a literal God that he believes in, like you're still seeing that vessel through which he channels like good energy. You know, he, he, yeah. And also I kind of feel like Kanye is saying some of the same stuff that I feel like mm-hmm. when you look at the song, God is, he's talking about all these different things that God is, you know, his family and his life. Yeah, and totally that I think we're kind of on the same wavelength, even though he's a, you know, a much more literal theological believer from what I'm getting from him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we see God in the things that matter to us. And a big part of that is like the way you and I are talking about God and him almost just kind of being a metaphor for like doing something greater and like being more fulfilled. It's some people really do need God. 
like they're just at a point in their lives where they need something bigger to make sense and to not just be a fairy tale. Like there really is somebody out there who's guiding me. And, and while I don't connect with that, like I connect with it, I, I totally feel it on this album. I mean, especially God is, there's never been a song where Connie's been that naked and bare before. Yeah. I mean, what's you, what you're saying, you know, about needing, needing a, a, a purpose, you know, and needing someone out there that's guiding things. That's basically the divide I have. Like when I talk about this stuff with my mom, you know, now mm-hmm. where we can kind of uh, connect with it on a certain level because, you know, I'm at one hand, I think she's <laughs> thrilled that, you know, I can connect with things like the Bible now, <laughs> but we talk about it and it's just like, there's a disconnect in the, where the humanity fits into it. You know, like she, I remember one time having a discussion about like why, you know, why we're moved by mountains and how we have the complete opposite reaction where she says, you know, she'll look at mountains and essentially she'll feel her meaning and her purpose because she'll say, you know, well, the the God that created those mountains also created me and that makes <laughs> me feel like I matter, you know, like I have a, there's a, there's meaning to life. I have a purpose. And to me, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel the complete opposite. I look at those mountains and feel completely insignificant and tiny. And that makes me feel at peace with the world, you know, yeah. like I, I don't matter. And that's great, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, we're kind of, you know, we can find meaning in the same things, but for completely different reasons. This is a, this is going to be a lame revealing moment for Travis, but back in the day, I think probably like my freshman year of college when I was getting into music, um, I was obsessed with bright eyes and he had this line of like, <laughs> I am really no one. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, shit, man, like I am no one. <laughs> yeah you know you need those moments yeah um and and i guess just moving beyond the album now like as two people who i feel like we've barely talked about the album (laughs) well do you want to go song by song we had been doing that with people oh boy i mean we don't have to (laughs) i mean yeah we're getting you're gonna be on a bunch of episodes so i'm sure yeah (laughs) oh yeah i meant to ask you which episodes do you want to be on because you could just pick right now and it'll be on record jesus christ i don't know (laughs) i mean (laughs) I mean, I feel like I was on most of them for <laughs> Yay and Jesus. I don't know, at least half. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, but I, I guess uh, as two people who really follow Kanye and are invested in him as a person and want him to be happy, like, what do you think this album does for Kanye? Do you, do you think it's... In what way is this album cathartic for him? And, and do you feel good about him after listening to this? I do. Uh, I think... Yeah, so I think despite this being his angriest album, I also <laughs> think there's it's you know there's the least amount of turmoil I've heard on a Kanye album here, um, like on a personal level, mm-hmm. um, and I think the reason for that is his uh, turmoil and anger has shifted from an internal struggle to being more of he's feeling more at peace internally. And I think mm-hmm. he's starting to feel frustration with external things um, in a way I've never really heard on a Kanye album. Um, of course, like, you know, when I tweeted that I thought this was his angriest album right away, people were like, well, what about <laughs> Jesus? I mean, Jesus is way angrier. Um, and I tweeted about that too, where, you know, I think Jesus is very sonically aggressive, uh, but I think ultimately Jesus is tragic and sad, and I think he looks kind of confused and pathetic by the end of it, and doesn't really know what to make of himself and his place by the end of that album. Um, And that, to me, doesn't read so much as anger as just confusion. You know, 
he's still kind of lost in the world at that point. Um, and then going into Tilop and uh, Yay, Kidsy Ghosts, you know, he's dealing with coming to terms with who he is, what his life is now, um, how to move past his old demons and into his new life with his wife and kids, and mm-hmm. how does he how does he change into being that person? How does he, you know, get past his old self? And I think on this album, we're really not hearing so much of that struggle anymore. I think he's talking, you know, he's talking about our demons are trembling and he's giving himself over to God. He's not his own anymore. Uh, I think he's kind of there. I think he has found a lot of inner peace in a way he hasn't before. And what's, I I think, you know, looking forward to where he's going to go from here who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's I an, it's a new chapter. It's a new chapter. I think the saying the title of his next album that definitely is going to happen for sure <laughs> um, is you know Jesus is born. I think that that's very telling. I, I feel like we're going to be seeing the you know the birth of a new creative era for Kanye, whatever that might mean. He is sa- he says that all of his music is going to be you know Christian music now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if a I totally believe that, and I don't know if that's going to mean what a lot of people think it's going to mean. I don't think the gospel style of Jesus is King is the rest of his career by any means. Um, I think Kanye is very, uh, very much, uh, he, he loves to follow his muse. And I think that muse changes constantly. I mean, it's been, you know, like a year since yay and kids see ghosts, which are completely different projects and styles than where he is now. And he himself, you know, like in that Zane Lowe interview, talks about how you know he feels completely differently now than he did you know six months ago mm-hmm. and i think that's super clear because from compare you know contrasting jesus is king to what he did before it's totally different and you know i'm sure right now he genuinely believes and feels that you know this is going to be his art but um i think we'll see yeah i think i think there's a lot of new and exciting stuff on the horizon yeah i i, I have had a similar reaction that Jesus is King just feels different because mm-hmm. I think, and you know, it's a benefit to this show. Like Kanye usually has like, not necessarily traditional because no storyline on an album. It's like, it's not common. So it's like a traditional to even do a story on an album, but like mm-hmm. the way his stories have like three X structures and characters, like they're kind of easy to follow. Um, and the way Chris and I do it. And I can really grasp an album to where it's like, I don't feel that as much on Jesus is King. Like, I feel like it almost feels like a bunch of journal entries to me and a, and a deep look into Kanye and how he feels mm-hmm. in like this exact moment in time. Like there are waves and flow to the album and Kanye does change, but it's not like he's in a setting going from A to B to C. It's, it's somebody just like getting all this thoughts out at once about this one thing. And, Sure. Um, that excites me moving forward. Like maybe that's the kind of album we get from Kanye from now on. Now that he is, he feels better and feels saved and reborn and everything and is in touch of God. He doesn't feel the need to like create these exaggerated stories where he's cheating on his wife and blah, 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 blah. Like now he's just, he's in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I see. mean, who knows? It's, it's a totally new place for him to be. So who knows where he's going to go? Hmm. What a cliffhanger. Like, where will Kanye be next time? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, we'll find out in two months. Again, for sure, it's definitely happening. Uh, you you going to go see Kanye on tour, Jordan? 
I don't know. I don't even know what the hell's going on with the tour. <laughs> I mean, if he's just doing like the pop-up kind of Sunday service things, I don't know how that... I, I feel like it's un... I don't know. I feel like it's going to be difficult to <laughs> attend one of those events. So Well, if they keep know. being free, and, it won't be that hard. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I mean, but that's, I feel like that's why it's going to be difficult to get tickets. That's true. Um, but I, I don't know. I, to be honest, like the whole like Sunday service thing, if that w- if that is the tour, I'm not like super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if what he's saying is true about like, you know, not wanting to perform like <laughs> yeah. swear words and stuff in old material, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, that's we'll so see. Kanye. He just does it to like the nth level. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm not sure. I believe any of that's actually happening. So, well, I don't know. Do I actually think he's going to go back and re-record all of his old stuff? I really don't see that happening. <laughs> oh, he owns the masters now. He can just go edit them. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it would be. But I I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> I don't see Kanye having like the. I think he's going to get. He'll like do like three songs and be like, oh my god, this is so boring. <laughs> Uh, well, Jordan, thanks for joining us today. That was very enlightening. A look into Jordan C. Johnson's soul. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We really got into it. I haven't talked about religion in like forever, so. I know. Me me neither. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll hear Jordan soon. He'll probably be on the Every Hour episode. Then the Salah episode. Is it Selah or Selah? I don't know. Who cares? Like, Everybody who's been on the show has pronounced it differently so far, so who knows? Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just guessing. Uh, okay, any closing words? Jesus is King is a masterpiece. Um, the reaction to it is completely absurd, and everybody's going to feel... I mean, not they're not going to feel embarrassed because they're ridiculous people, but, uh, you know, the reaction is ridiculous. The album, I think, will be considered a classic, like every Kanye album down the road. Yeah, this always seems to happen. There's always tons of negativity at first. People don't know what to make of it. Kanye's, you know, years in the future at this point, so whatever. And if you had to rank it now, like I'm forcing you gun to your head, like where does it rank in his discography? If I had to rank it right now, I would say it's probably number two or three for me. Okay. Behind Jesus. Definitely. I... I'm pretty convinced at this point. I I don't know if he ever will top Jesus. I think Jesus might be my number one album forever. Um, but yeah, looking at everything behind Jesus for me, it's all. Uh, I would say Life of Pablo, Yay, and and uh, this one are pretty much tied. I don't really know if I can pick favorites between those. I love them all. Um, in a pinch, I might say this is my number two right now. Mm, you are in a pinch because I have a gun to your head. Shit, that's true. <laughs> Fuck. How did you get in my apartment? It's a, it's a metaphorical gun. Oh, okay. But I will pull the trigger. Metaphorically. <laughs> and then you won't be and able I w- to be on the tournament episode and make liftoff win. Because I will die metaphorically. <laughs> Stay holy. <laughs> okay. That's the new catchphrase. And I am and they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky This is the last call for alcohol
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.